0: Welcome to the Aquas podcast. Conversations about regs, funds and governance with your host, Daniel Lawler. Hello and welcome to the first Aquas podcast. It feels good to say that. I can't believe we're actually up and running. My name is Daniel Lawler. I am the co-host for the Aquas podcast. Let me just tell you a little bit about what the podcast aims to do. It's a podcast for the financial services industry with a particular focus on investment funds. We're going to have a podcast each month and they'll be co-hosted by a guest from the industry. And we're going to chat about uh, issues related to the investment funds and financial services industry, but do it in a way that's not too technical. It's a little bit lighter and a little bit more accessible and hopefully a little bit more interesting than conversations about investment funds regulation tend to be. Before I introduce this episode's guest, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. I am the managing director of a firm called A Quest that provides training and consultancy services to the financial services industry. And before I set up A Quest in late 2017, I was a securities regulator for seven years at the Central Bank of Ireland. Before that, I was an investment funds lawyer in a firm called William Fry, which is one of the largest law firms in Ireland, and I was there for 10 years. I am delighted to be joined on this podcast by a former colleague of mine from the Central Bank of Ireland, Gronia McAvoy. Gronia, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Thank you very much, Danny. Um, my name is Gronia McAvoy, and I have worked with the Central Bank um, all of my career—far um, too many years—and I'd like to to, to mention. Oh, <laughs> uh, you're a kind. <laughs> but to be fair, to say I came in straight from university, and when I joined the Central Bank, my understanding of their role and function was very much to print money and as lender of last resort. My view was very narrow in terms of that was our role and function. But actually the bit that surprised me most about joining the organisation was the breadth um, of responsibilities the central bank had. Um, I've worked largely in the funds area, in the authorisation side, and supervision. I spent quite a long time uh, in the policy area um, where a lot of our work would have focused on EU and international policy development. And more recently, I suppose my uh, career has taken a different uh, line where it's more in the, the management side.
0: And what is it that you like the most about working in the central bank?
1: I think to be honest it's probably around the diversity. That I it's very cliche to say that no two days are the same, but to be perfectly honest, they aren't. Like mm. so I guess I've been very fortunate in that um, you seek to influence EU and international law next day you could be very much working with our local agents, our industry here in Dublin in terms of formulating the right regulatory model for supervising the sector. The next day could be right down to the day job where you're looking at a particular problem on a fund. So the diversity of it keeps me engaged and interested in uh, the sector that we regulate in the first instance. Um, I suppose that's that's one thing that, that certainly did interest me. The second is how it has evolved. And I think that's really important. If you look back Um, The industry has grown so much in the last 20 years to be very much a, a large, international, credible funds jurisdiction and even practices and how they have evolved over time has actually always been quite interesting for me. Quite simply, from the start, we would have accepted in everything in paper form. And now how how technologies and how innovation has actually moved that world forward light years away from where we were 10, 15, 20 years ago. Mm
0: -hmm. I know when I worked for the central bank, the things that I enjoyed most were, well, I was on the policy side, so it was very much about rulemaking and about, uh, you know, attending international meetings with uh, our colleagues in Europe at, at ESMA in Paris and, and attending IOSCO meetings. So uh, a lot of focus on um, being part of the international community and trying to put forward the central bank's views and stuff like that. And because you were at the forefront of making of rules and guidance and, and, and things like that, I found that very interesting um, because you were the one that was uh, helping to shape where regulation was going. The other thing I really uh, enjoyed, and I was really, I suppose, a bit surprised by when I joined, was the quality of people uh, in there. I found, uh, you know, there are a lot of really good people who work there who are interested in doing their best for the public interest and for consumer protection, and and like a lot of people interested in just doing their best every day in terms of doing a good job. Um, like, I mean, I worked with Martina Kelly in in, in the policy division, and I doubt there's anybody in the country who is more expert than she is on funds regulation. So it was, I it, enjoyed working there.
1: Do you mind me asking, did it meet your expectations? I guess you had come from industry, from a very commercial uh, law firm, mm. dealing a lot with entities and clients that are, I suppose, driven by business uh, um, motives, if, if that yeah. makes sense. And like, what was your perception when you moved into the bank?
0: Um, well, I suppose a lot of people joined the central bank for the public good. Uh, and I'm afraid I wasn't really one of those certainly wasn't a motivating factor. Uh, I joined from private practice at a time that I, our youngest was about a year old and we had a, a new baby on the way. and it was really about work-life balance. Um, and uh, it certainly was very good on that front, uh, and it, it, it lived up to expectations there. Um, but in terms of sort of serving the public interest and, and the investor protection, that was something that I grew into. Uh, wasn't something I necessarily joined for. Um, but there was a lot about the job that impressed me and, and the quality of uh, the people there. But I did see the organization change a lot during the time uh, I was there, the seven years, like you mentioned. It's more um, you know technology driven, if you like. But even things like, I think it's more uh, governance driven now as well. So uh, when I joined, you would be more likely to deal on a one-to-one basis with queries and what have you. Whereas uh, by the time I left, it was very much queries were submitted in writing, go through a governance process, and the responses are issued as Q&As so that everybody knows what the answer is. So it's, it's, you know, there's pluses and minuses to it. It takes longer for queries to be dealt with, but it does mean that everybody knows what the answer to the query is. So I did see the organization change a good bit. I do also think that it's more demanding of its staff now than it was when I joined. And I think a challenge around that for the central bank is the fact that obviously it is wedded to the public sector pay scale, and um, when people join or, or expect a work-life balance, as that is a little bit eroded because the demands are higher, but the salary doesn't commence. Re- then that's going to be a challenge for recruiting and retaining staff. Mm-hmm. But as an organisation, no, it's certainly somewhere you can learn an awful lot. And um, you mentioned. Um, you know, that your career is has been as a regulator. And when I went into the bank, I'd obviously come from industry. So I felt that that was a string to my bow that I could, I could uh, have a bit of a different view because I'd been on both sides of the fence or I had been on one and was now going to the other. Your career obviously has been as a securities regulator. How do you sort of manage that piece? And when you're making decisions, how do you go about it to make sure you're being appropriate and you're not uh, leading too strongly on one side because you haven't worked in industry yourself?
1: It's certainly a challenge. And I think um, over time, I think you can run the risk of becoming very maybe clone-like in your thought process or maybe having a very blinkered view. And when, I suppose when you sit around tables with other regulators, we do begin to think a lot alike and we kind of um, come up to the same conclusions on how risks should actually be mitigated or how issues should actually be resolved. So I think what's really, really important for any regulator and I think it's something that the central bank do quite well, is to have that open dialogue of engagement with industry, whether it be on a broader topic where it's um, best resolved through some type of workshop where you have many views in the room, or indeed where you're looking at an, insula- uh, an isolated, singular issue, that you have that open dialogue with industry because it's not... Um, It's not wise, to be honest, to actually come to a view and to form a view looking at it from one angle only. You really need that commercial perspective or the operational perspective because you need to test what you might believe almost from an academic or a theoretical perspective to be the right solution may not actually be viable in practice. It may in theory, Mm. but from a practical perspective, the cost ultimately to the investor, but obviously assumed by industry as well, and I suppose how proportionate your solution is, is a huge issue. And it, and really, if you're to address innovative issues um, or new technologies or new product types coming down the line, you as a regulator need to be as innovative in your thought process, mm. in no way compromising the regulatory position, but certainly being sufficiently open to at least hearing in the first instance and taking yeah. a, a pr- different perspective into account count. I think that's critical.
0: I think there's a danger as a regulator that you start to think that regulating all risk out is good regulation uh, and that you then are, your, your rules are just too rigid and then don't allow uh, investors to take appropriate risks that are the ones that will hopefully generate for them the returns that they need. Be it saving for a pension or saving for a college fund or whatever it is, because if you uh, regulate all the risk out, then there's no opportunity for return. And, and that's not good regulation either, Absolutely. albeit it might feel like it because you're 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 just being safer. But it doesn't help the investor. It doesn't help the economy grow. It doesn't help uh, the country uh, in the longer term, if, if that's the view that you take.
1: Absolutely agree with that. I mean, if you think about the basic premise of how capital markets function, they function on risk and risk taking. So for sure, you can't seek to mitigate or to eliminate all risk out of the sector. Well, you can, but it's not going to be helpful from an economic perspective. But you also run the risk, which is a greater risk to investors, in my mind, of where Um, Activity or product type might actually seek a different or an alternative jurisdiction and that may be one where regulation is not as obvious or as clear and I'm not so sure that actually serves the public interest or indeed the investor best where they don't have some of the safeguards and protections that are afforded through regulation in terms of their engagement with the institutions or the product that they're actually seeking to acquire.
0: Yeah, that's true enough. Um, Just talking about working in, in the central bank, one of the things that i uh noticed let's say uh was around the 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 way that it's structured the number of divisions the way that the, the acronyms work for each of the divisions and and the structure seemed to change quite a lot uh uh in fact it did change quite a lot in the time i was in the bank and it was quite tricky just to keep on top of what the latest structure was and what the latest acronyms for the division stood for so for example my first day when i was getting set up and the computer systems—I was looking for the IT department. I was told it's not called IT; it's called IMTD. So I reckon day one, uh, I was in a bit of a sticky wicket when I, you know, when you can't even find the IT department. Um, so, so what, you know, what's your take on that? Do you think that? Um, well, is the current structure better? Is it? Is it always necessary to make all these changes? Are we likely to see this structure take stay for a
1: while? I think change is inevitable. So unfortunately, if you're um, hoping that the structure that we have at the moment will stay in place, it will for a period of time. But Mm -hmm. I guess you still have to react to the sectors and the industry that you're regulating and that continues to change. So you have to keep evolving because otherwise your practices and your approach may become to a certain extent static, which isn't good. So the recent change that we introduced in the bank is to look at financial regulation That mandate is absolutely huge. And we decided to restructure ourselves into a prudential pillar and a conduct pillar.
0: So you now have three pillars?
1: We have three pillars, yeah. We have central banking, prudential and conduct, all supported by operations, which obviously is the the engine room of how the central bank works and functions. Mm. Um, And really the purpose of doing that was... In the first instance, I suppose it best helps us deliver on our mandate. Our mandate is very much safeguarding stability and protecting consumers. So you put consumer protection and conduct on an equal footing as the financial stability prudential role of the central bank. And it'll Mm. help us better structure ourselves to deliver on our mandate. And another reason, I guess, one of the important reasons of actually carving out a conduct pillar was a direct recognition of the growth in conduct risk i suppose and in wholesale conduct activity seeking to establish in ireland and that our mandate is now a lot broader than i suppose what was singularly our consumer protection mandate which looked at uh, retail investor protection but now that has evolved quite a lot where we see players and activities in the market that require the central bank to be a lot more focused on wholesale conduct risk market risk as as 2 has evolved and called out called out this as a as a particular risk This is something we need to uh, target and and assign appropriate regulatory, um, I suppose, regime and and supervisory approach to. But I I think at the outset, I think it's fair to say that change will continue, (laughs) is the fairest answer there.
0: Okay, so no commitment. No commitment. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, not surprisingly. You've been listening to the Aquas podcast. For information about our training and advisory programs or our academy, visit aquest.ie. For more resources on recs, funds, and governance,
1: check out our YouTube channel, Daniel Lawler R U R Q.